0: All right, we are in for a very special treat. We have Dr. Bruce Burkowski with us today. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing very well.
0: And where are you joining us from?
1: I'm about 60 miles north of Seattle.
0: Oh my gosh. Okay, cold and wet and dark. Not too cold,
1: (laughs) not too cold. It's it's, generally very temperate up here. So average temperature in the 40s during the wintertime.
0: Oh, okay. That's nice. That's nice. But wet. Um, Definitely wet. So, tell us a little bit about how you got started as a doctor. I mean, when you were a young child, did you want to be a doctor when you grew up? Like, how did that journey
1: begin? Yeah. First of all, I should clarify that I'm a naturopath and I'm not a medical doctor. That's and uh, basically, no, I, I started out my professional life uh, as a science teacher, and uh, I specialized in biology. But I, I, I was a science teacher uh, back in new york city wow. and at the same time i i was having sort of what you might call an awakening on various levels is uh, you know it was back I, I graduated college right after the 1960s and so there was this whole return to nature idea and so i became a vegetarian early on and um, started training in things such as the martial arts and in yoga experimenting with vegetarianism i started learning as part of my martial arts training uh, body work, certain types of body work, acupressure specifically, and so forth. And I, I had this whole body of knowledge. I used to uh, camp out, uh, my, just my dog and I go across through the forest and identify plants and trees and medicinal herbs. So uh, when I moved out to the Pacific Northwest, I thought I was going to get a job as a science teacher, but I didn't. And uh, I was hired uh, for substitute teaching during the day, but my nighttime job, uh, well, I was hired as a consultant in a health food store, mostly to help with training athletes, uh, football players, bodybuilders, and all the rest of that type of thing. Uh, but anybody who would come in, you know, would ask me, well, I've got this wrong and that wrong. And I started to figure out well, what to do for them. And I uh, determined that I had, you know, I had some real skill at this. Uh, and so, and, and one of the first pers- people I actually helped back to wellness was my future wife. So she said, well, why don't you just do this on your own? so uh i went we went ahead and we opened our own store and i started getting a lot of different types of training uh in various different types of things including nutrition i earned a phd in nutrition and uh, went on to earn oh a gosh. doctorate in homeopathy and i and uh all kinds of things I'm a master herbalist and uh, all kinds of bodywork uh, that i trained in as well and i just started my practice and so basically Uh, I practiced and I was very successful in it uh, until around 1985 or so uh, when uh, my father suffered a traumatic illness and died. And it was a really traumatic thing for me. And I developed ulcerative colitis within about one week after his death. And uh, I realized while I was trying to overcome that, that I didn't really know nearly as much as I thought I did so i uh, really it just became like wow this is this is tougher than i thought it was going to be and i nearly died it wasn't for my wife i wouldn't be sitting here speaking to you right now and so basically fortunately uh, there was a chiropractor i knew who was who was actually a client of mine who uh, uh, put me onto this company that had all these old books by these old naturopaths from the 19th century and early 20th century and i started studying their philosophy and their techniques of how they did things and how they understood things and it, it, I became healed uh, from this, and I that became the basis of my entire practice. And from there, I learned a lot of different things as I moved along. And I went along, and after about another seven, eight years of practice, I said, you know what? I'm, I'm becoming the fireman. People get well, I, I help them get well, and then they do all the things wrong again, and then they're not feeling well, and I have to fix them up all over again. And you know, this is this is really, I, I can't do this for the rest of my life, and. I started, uh, as I started deepening my study of homeopathy um, and you, you work at a more core level in homeopathy, uh, I realized that even homeopathy wasn't getting to what I really needed to get to. Uh, and in the mid-19, in mid-1990s mid is where I had my epiphany that, that changed really the way I operated after that. Not as a naturopath, because my, uh, my orientation as a naturopath is still the same as always. Uh, and we'll get into some of that in a little bit here. But basically uh i just i came to the the understanding that the part of the case that's ignored especially in conventional modern medicine is the deep psychospiritual spiritual part of the case and at the time i was and and it's in the root of that in terms of every chronic problem that you're going to deal with uh if you don't do that you're you're, you're missing half 50 percent of the case uh, there was a, a philosopher's name i believe his name was j.a findlay who said there aren't two worlds spirit world and natural world they're just two parts of the same world and if you're not uh and if they're not you can't understand them uh in isolation from each other but only as part of the same thing so it's the same thing in terms of your cases so i was studying anthroposophical medicine at the time and uh, basically um it was one of the statements that was made was that the essential oils was the carrier of the soul of the plant that, that, that embedded within an essential oil, it carries the soul of that of patchouli or the soul of the eucalyptus tree or the soul of the peppermint plant and so on, so on and so forth. And I was also studying Kabbalah, which is Jewish mysticism at the same time. And one of the commentators said that the human soul is comprised of plant, animal and human soul components. And that's why human beings can relate to plants on a soul to soul level. So based upon that, I started studying essential oils in tremendous depth and creating an entire system of how to use plant souls in combination to create a reflection of who this individual soul is, so they can see themselves, see their true self, once again, begin operating from that. Because my basic premise was that to the degree that there is a psychospiritual root in most diseases, beyond emotional traumas, it's that a person is separated from who they really are. They're operating from a different platform, from what other people's yeah. ideas and expectations are. And that causes this sort of deep sense of uh, lack of fulfillment that really exacerbates yeah. um, uh, chronic diseases. So it's that combination of traditional nat- naturopathic understanding of disease and the operational premise of what do you do then once you, you uh, un- understand the disease and this idea of working on the deep psycho-spiritual level at the same time that characterizes my work.
0: So what did that look like? How did your practice change?
1: In any practice that you have, whatever techniques you use in your practice, it can be based upon some theoretical premise. So the early practice I had was like everybody else. To me, symptom was disease. When they had symptoms, you treat the symptoms, whatever. Varicose veins, okay, so you're treating the varicose veins or uh, this, that, or the other thing that was going on with the case, you work directly on that as if that was the disease. The traditional view, the traditional naturopathic view of the, the old school uh, naturopaths of the 19th and early 20th century was, no, it's not the disease, it's the effect of the disease. Those are the effects yeah. of the disease. Whatever symptoms you have, uh, even if something is as uh, egregious as cancer, the tumors are not the disease. They're the effects of the disease. There's an underlying matrix that, that made this person, uh, have this, this pathological change take place in the body. And so while you do want to ameliorate symptoms and make sure they don't get out of control, uh, you, right. if you're not working the underlying matrix as to what is the actual, what actual is the continuum that led to this disease, uh, then you're not, you're not really working the case in any, in any, you know, Really cohesive and coherent type of ways. So, basically, I'll just give you the basic and most basic uh, understanding of traditional naturopathic work, and that is, is that health in the human being requires those things that life on earth requires, or life of the organism. That is, good food, pure water, fresh air, sufficient sunshine, sufficient warmth, sufficient rest, good posture, and emotional balance, emotional poise. So, what the, the job of the nature path uh, was to look at this person's case and see, well, what are they doing wrong? Uh, what are they, what's missing in this person's life? What are they not doing right? Oh, well, they're not eating right, so you correct that. Right. Uh, they're not they're not breathing properly, they're not getting enough fresh air. Correct that. They're not getting enough sun. Their they're, their posture is poor, so you do all these various things. You correct those basic things, and then once that basic matrix is in place, whatever is still popping. As not, you know, that fire is not going out. That's when you bring in your homeopathics, your herbal medicine, uh, and the other types of adjunctive therapies that you do. Uh, but what you don't do is, is have a focus uh, primarily just on the symptom and forget about the underlying case. So in all the cases that I've worked uh, since the mid-1980s, it's always been the same thing. It was just a complete let's, let's do the basics, uh, and then build into where the symptoms are most egregious, those things control those symptoms. Uh, but it's the the un, it's that particular understanding of the true nature of health disease that's completely missing in modern practice. Uh, for instance, yeah. I'll just mention this yeah. real briefly without going into something that's a really tricky topic for a lot of people. Uh, during this entire pandemic that went on for two years, there was never a word mentioned about what you can do in your lifestyle, what you can do to help yourself. <laughs> and, and the old timers, the old, the old folks, before there was a word, the word immune system existed, they described the immune system as two things. The immune system was resisting power and recovery power. And what your job as a doctor to do was to build that person's ability to resist and that person's ability uh, to recover. And it was okay. all done through the same things, through good food, through fresh air, through rest. Uh, one of the, 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 the most ironic things is early on, uh, people in California were going to the beaches and they, you know, they closed the beaches, but you were getting sunshine oh, and fresh gosh. air blowing in off the ocean. And- I
0: I couldn't believe that. I still I used to live in Los Angeles, and watching on television that they, they what the Coast Guard chased that one kid who, who was who was you know I don't think he was surfing. He was maybe body surfing. I mean he was he was really close to the shore. He wasn't that far out. He was right by the pier, but. I could not believe it. I, I just it's, was like, is kidding me? He's outside.
1: It's a complete misunderstanding of disease. It's a complete misunderstanding. Yes. Uh, the, the whole focus is on destroying disease rather than creating health. If you focus on creating health, you're not going to get, you're not going to get sick. Uh, you know, if you look, if you broke down the statistics on the pandemic, you can see that the vast majority of people who were hospitalized and ultimately there were mortalities were not well people. Many of them are obese. Yeah. Most of them obese and most of them have what they now refer to as comorbidities which just means pre-existing conditions and right. well everybody else and how about those things that help you get not get sick how about that how about a word about that no that's disinformation you see so you're not allowed yeah. to talk about <laughs> what builds health only the narrative the, the narrative the accepted narrative of what will destroy disease and in the end it ended up to be destructive all well, in itself their response was a destructive response so it's the same thing with with any disease is you you always want to break it down into general state and the local effects of the general state. And so you have to treat the general state, see what the local effects are and make some accommodations for that, but don't get lost in the weeds uh, of that.
0: Would you tell us how you treated cancer patients? Like if a patient came to you, what did that look like?
1: Okay, so basically when you're working with cancer, um, there is one exception in terms, from, from my experience, in terms of acceptance of drugs, it's in cancer. Um, there, nothing, from my observation anyway, uh, nothing is going to kill cancer cells and tumors like chemotherapy, nothing close. There's nothing in natural medicine that's gonna do it. To try to rely upon that is really, you're putting your money down on a really risky square. When you're doing, I'm not yeah. saying it can't be done and that it hasn't been done, but I'm saying that is a gamble. Uh, the, um, the strategy that I always encourage is let the oncologist take care of the effect. Let he, that's what he knows how to do. That's what they're very specialized right. at. I would much prefer um, treating the side effects of chemotherapy and radiation, which can be done. Rather than a cancer, which is, you know, threatening to get out of control and destroy this particular individual. Let the, the people who do that do that. Uh, and if they do it well and they know what they're doing, uh, then they can do a very good job. And if you create a really a powerful general state, you improve the general state, then uh, the chances that that person is going to have a really good outcome go up dramatically. And if at the same time you manage to control the side effects, Uh, from the chemo and from the radiation and help them recover from the surgeries uh, then that's your job your job is just to give that support to the general state and help that help with their recovery power leave the cancer uh, to the people who specialize in that so i never personally said hey i'm going to go in there and i don't bother going to the oncologist that's that's uh, insane because there's there's no way that you know that you can guarantee from a natural medicine standpoint that a person will respond sufficiently Whereas I'm not saying that chemotherapy works in all cases, but it works in a lot of cases, and uh, and in many well, cases, surgery. it's a long term remission, and basically just clean them up afterwards, and you can get them back to being happy.
0: So, if a cancer patient came to you and they are working with their medical oncologist on whatever treatments, whether it's chemotherapy or now the immunotherapies and targeted therapies, um, but they come to you for help uh, for complementary medicine help with those side effects that are often just so much worse than the cancer itself for so many patients i speak with um how would you begin working with someone like how do you get them back to, to the state that they need to be in how do you
1: get them there Well, the first thing you do is you remove errors the errors they're doing whether a person is sick or as well you have to do the same things so you don't make errors so one of the the most common errors especially among American people, is dietary errors. They're just doing the wrong things. They just don't know how to eat and how to eat well and they're eating all the wrong things. So let's take cancer, uh, for instance. Let's just take a few things, a few understandings in cancer. So first of all, cancer is one of those cases where keto is really an, an important consideration. And there's a real good reason for that, is that cancer cells, uh, see, uh, the, the cell, the human cell uh, the mitochondria is the organelle within the human cell that takes, uh, takes nutrients and oxygen and converts it into energy called ATP, which the cell then used to do, does to do all its functions. So all the energy you have, is there's not some energy mechanism in your body that you have a, like an energy organ. It's each of these 50 to 100 trillion cells produces energy. And if they're producing energy efficiently, that's your energy. If they're not, then you don't have energy. You have low uh, energy. Now, normal cells will use both fats, fatty acids, and glucose, carbs, to produce energy combined with oxygen and they produce ATP and they produce energy. Cancer cells are different. Cancer cells can only use sugar. They cannot use fat. And cancer cells uh, consume 10 times as much sugar as does a, a normal cell. So if you are on a diet and you are getting chemo, radiation, immunotherapy, whatever you're getting at the same time you continue to eat sugar, what are you doing? I mean, you're, you're, you're trying to kill a beast at the same time that you're feeding it. It makes no sense. So you're working in diametric opposition uh, to the case. So that's, that's just an example there. But the first thing that you'll find in most human beings, modern human beings these days, because of a lot of reasons, one the stress levels are are unremittent in this era it used to be uh 500 years ago oh the village was attacked it's terrible it's stress or you you ran into a tiger and then it's calm for five years and you're just farming every day and not anymore every day you wake up it's oh no what's today and uh, it's always going to be something it's almost guaranteed something is going to happen so you have this unremittent stress uh, the processed foods are uh, you know, terrible, uh, what they're doing to, the, to, to, to people. Uh, people have completely lost their rhythmicity, which is something you really need to reestablish and so forth. And the digestive system is completely degenerated as a result uh, for a lot of reasons. Um, the uh, stress response mechanism of the nervous system is called the sympathetic nervous system. The part of the nervous system, autonomic nervous system, that helps you digest food is called the parasympathetic. If you're in sympathetic overdrive all the time, your parasympathetic is gonna be underutilized. And if it's underutilized, then your digestion is gonna be uh, quite poor. Now, what you'll find in cancer, uh, what they have found in people with cancer is that uh, the majority of them, if not all of them, I can't say all, but I know a large majority of them that do not have sufficient stomach acids. They're deficient in, Mm. in hydrochloric acid in their stomachs. So why is this important? Well, it's really important to understand what hydrochloric acid does and then you'll see why uh, hydrochloric acid is secreted by the cells of your stomach to help you digest proteins but not only that it helps you also absorb all your major minerals magnesium calcium magnesium iron zinc they all need hydrochloric acid vitamin b12 needs hydrochloric acid if you're deficient in hydrochloric acid not only do you have poor digestion poor assimilation but poor assimilation of all your vital nutrients. So if you go on the idea that one of the reasons people get disease is because the cells are undernourished, there's a good, there's a good example of it. But what is one thing that does not need hydrochloric acid is sugar. So sugar is gonna get absorbed like crazy and there's nothing to help metabolize it. So whatever cancer cells are in the body, and there are always cancer cells in the body, uh, and right. there's the reason for that is, is that you have a, 50 to 100 trillion cells Billions and hundreds of billions are constantly cloning themselves and reproducing and making new ones. The chances that they're all going to be beautiful, perfect copies on any one day is zero. So there's always going to be abnormal cells that the immune system has got to scavenge and try to get rid of. And so basically one of the first things you need to do is clean up the diet, get all the allergens out of the diet. You don't want any dairy foods. You don't want any red meat. Dairy foods create mucus in the body and congestion in the body. You don't want gluten grains because the gluten is a very sticky protein that blocks absorption in the small intestine. You don't want anything to interfere. You want combinations of foods that are digestively compatible. So you don't want, say, salmon, and then you're having watermelon with that, and and with that, then you're having some type of bread. It becomes, even though they're all natural foods and they're good foods, it becomes an abomination to the body. The body doesn't know what to do. So you learn how to keep things clean. You also have to realize that each vegetable, each fruit does have medicinal, exert medicinal actions. So if you know what each vegetable does and which organs it can help, then you build your salads in a specific way. The different oils have different functions. Olive oil will help lubricate the biliary duct. So it'll help lubricate the bile ducts. It'll help uh, also lubricate the Uh, the gut and help with uh, avoid constipation Uh, coconut oil is excellent for the liver and will help remove chemotherapy metabolites from the liver and that's why you have to start really small with people uh, who are having chemotherapy you start with no more than a teaspoon uh, a day because they can get overwhelmed by the amount of metabolites that are coming into the intestines so the first thing you do is you clean them clean up the diet uh completely you make sure and then you see well what are the symptoms they're having from the chemo or whatever it is they're using and you try to ameliorate that. So, if there is digestive symptoms, um, so we understand how chemo works. Uh, chemo works by killing cancer cells. Divide at a, at a phenomenal pace, uh, and that's what makes them so dangerous. Uh, but so do the 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 line, So do the cells that line your intestines and your uh, and so uh, chemotherapy will kill fast reproducing cells, which include your intestinal lining cells and your hair cells. And that's why you lose hair. So it's killing off a lot of what's going on in your intestines. So what you wanna do is help rebuild and repair the intestine at the same time. And at the same time, make sure you have the right probiotics. Uh, those things that are, uh, that are demulcent to soothe the small intestine lining. Uh, those things that help the small intestine lining feed itself and repair itself, uh, give really tremendous digest support so despite the compromise of the uh, of the digestive system you will get assimilation into the blood that will help this individual recover so that's just the beginning of what you do but i'll, I'll just uh, give you one little insight that's a really important insight in, uh, in terms not just in disease just in life in general uh, there was a naturopath in sweden back in the 1930s and uh, i did a study uh, of all the old not all but the most prominent naturopaths of the last of the 19th century and early to mid 20th century. I studied their books, I found them, and I practiced based upon the way they practiced. And basically his name was Ari Werland, and uh, he would take his students out into nature, and he would say, and they would look around at the forest and at the night and the sky, whatever, whatever time of day it was, and he would say, there's a rhythm to the natural universe, there are rhythms. Everything goes by this endless, infinite rhythms, the animals feed at the same time. The, the birds sing at a time and bed down. The, the trees bloom. The flowers bloom and so forth. Uh, the trees lose their leaves. Everything has this rhythm. And the closer you live in harmony with the rhythms of the natural world, the healthier you will be. The farther you are from those rhythms, the sick you will be. And so I always tell everybody, if you live in harmony with the rhythms of the natural world, if you have rhythmicity in your life, you get up in the morning, you do this every day in the morning, you do this every day at lunch, you do this every day at dinner, you go to bed at this time, you get up, you eat lunch, you have, you have a rhythm, but the human beings don't live that way. There is no rhythm. They do whatever they want. They think they're immune to the laws of nature and uh, they, <laughs> they, they, they estrange themselves from what will heal them, which is the rhythms of the natural world. And so one of the things I would try to do is encourage people to restore rhythmicity uh, into their whole uh, their whole lifestyle. And by doing that, then you're giving a real context, a real platform for whatever the oncologist is doing, a real good shot for this to act more deeply and to be more long-lasting and possibly even for the rest of your life, I have a lifelong remission.
0: Wow. I know you're retired now, but is there... Um a particular patient that really touched your heart or even changed the way you practice? And and of course you don't have to say their name, but I'm just curious.
1: Well, uh, quite a few actually, but I'll mention a case. This is because we spoke about this, I think it was before we went live uh, with the recording here about how this this psycho-spiritual piece, which is what I still do by the way. uh, But I only work with those people who are students and members because I know they're going to be compliant. And I don't have time to, uh, you know, the people who are not going to be compliant. Uh, and so, uh, but basically, right. is the psycho spiritual and with essential, customized essential oil blinds, I still do. But the naturopathic and I've retired from that end of things. Uh, and so basically, uh, I, when I first started developing this system called spiritual phytoessimizing that I did back in the 1990s, I was uh, really good friends with an oncologist in New York. His name was Dr. Aldrich Chu Chufung. And he was a really cutting edge, integrative physician. And we became close friends. And he started, I started working with him. He started running his cases by me. And I started helping him set up the, the naturopathic uh, natural end of it while he did whatever it is that oncologists do. And um, I was started doing a spiritual fight thing. And I was, you know, he says, Look, I'm gonna I'm gonna send you some people. You know, I said, okay. So uh, one of, so I had this whole stream of women with breast cancer uh, that uh, I worked on on this oil blend for deep cycle spiritual work uh, level. And uh, one of them was a very interesting case. Uh, she was um, a case of uh, she was a woman, a very successful woman, uh, highly educated, successful woman in her 60s. Uh, and she had gone to school. In the 1940s, she had gone to college in the 1940s, which was, you know, pretty unusual for a woman from Brooklyn, uh, back in Brooklyn, Jewish woman back in Brooklyn, 1940s to go all the way through college and become a professional and so forth. And it turns out back in the 1920s, uh, her mother had been playing Canaster or something like this, women. And she said, I'm getting tired and I'm going to lie down on the couch. She never woke up and this, and she died when this girl was two years old. So the father oh was gosh. an ineffectual type oh. of father and gave her to his sister to take care of, and she would lock her down in this dark basement for the entire, the two years old, basement, and she developed oh this terrible God. asthma, and she had asthma her whole life, which was terrible, and now she had the breast cancer on top of it. So I, I did all the, you know, the study of the case, whatever, and I created a custom blanket. So I asked her, I said. What do you think? Do you, you know, do you? What do you think about your mother and this? And I says, oh, you know, I, you know, I've compensated for that and I've overcome all of that and so forth. And I said, well, okay, but for me it didn't seem like that because it was breast cancer, right? And in breast cancer, right. you're going to find a lot of time that there are nurturing issues in childhood, especially with the mother, is going to be something you're going right. to find very commonly. So I said, I don't know, that doesn't sound right to me. So uh, I did the blend and uh it was done very well and this is early on then uh, and i also do a homeopathic dilution of the blend that they use internally and so she, she took the, the dilution and used the blend and she started driving you know which i tell people don't do i said look you know sit home be with yourself a little bit but she started driving and uh, she said she had to pull over to the road that she started crying almost like hysterically this is a very controlled professional polished woman she started mm-hmm. um you know crying like hysterically and she said "I the thought that came to my mind, bear in mind, she's like 64 years old now, and she her mother died when she was two. Uh, she says, yeah. I missed my mommy. And uh, she sat there, and then her tumor started to regress after that. But, but unfortunately, it was a, a metastatic cancer case, and she, it was really widespread. And she made a classic mistake uh, that so many of the people that uh, when I worked with Dr. Chu Chufong uh, made was, They'd go to some type of a healer. And this was some type of a medical intuitive who told us, stop everything. Stop everything you, you're doing, including what, you know, the blind and everything. Right. Stop it and just do this, some tea that she put together. And she she died with about six weeks after she stopped everything. But it gave me an understanding that what I'm doing is on the right track. And uh, that was one of the, the motivations for me to continue to do uh, what I do on that level and develop it uh, to a much deeper level.
0: Wow. I, when I hear something like that, because I, I really believe in integrative medicine, you know, I don't think one should completely substitute the other. I, I think, you know, and I really love it when I, when I meet an integrative oncologist and they understand the importance of, of things like nutrition. But when I hear a story like that one, where this particular woman chose to listen to one person over everybody else and and throw away, you know what I mean? It's just I just want to know kind of why
1: i mean gambling is I, i'm not a gambler uh always stay safe keep your foot on a bit ba- on the base uh always stay safe and uh do everything right always do everything right and but most people are lacking the secret ingredient self-discipline they don't have it. and there's one other thing that a lot of people have a tremendous amount of trouble and you find this with a lot of people who have cancer especially women who have cancer where there is a deep emotional case as part of it. They may, the the doctor, the oncologist may not recognize it or even think about it, but if you ask the individual and, you know, in their heart of hearts, they know that there's really a big case uh, emotionally, Uh, not something that they go to a psychiatrist, but something that's inside themselves uh, that they're well aware of. Uh, Basically, uh, what you find is uh, if you study the work of, Uh, of Dr. Carl Rogers, which is one of the contributing uh, theorists that are part of the work that I do in spiritual fight, and uh, Carl Rogers said that uh, when you're born, uh, you have a true self, and uh, then as you start to get a little bit older, your parents tell you, no, this is that good, you should be this, and your friends tell you, your peer groups, and uh, the clergy, and the schools, and everything else, before you know it, you're operating out of somebody else's ideal picture of who you should be. He refers to it as the ideal self, and uh, basically this outer survival personality you do develop should be nothing more than an instrument that your real self, your true self, uses to n- n- navigate through, through the, you know, the gauntlet of life, but it becomes aw- autonomous, semi-autonomous to autonomous, and the me becomes who this person is rather than the I, and uh, unless that changes, Unless you, who you really are, starts to take over again, and you make your decisions based organismically, based upon what you feel inside, not rather what you think you should do based upon other other people's ideas and expectations, but what you feel you should do, for what you what you need, what your soul needs, then disease is is going to have a tougher time uh, getting that corralled uh, because sometimes. Disease on a physical level is the most outward expression on a centrifugal level of the deepest inner disharmonies. So it couldn't be expressed on an emotional level. So it expresses itself in this chaotic physical uh, disorder. And unless you get to that part of the case, if, in fact, the emotional part is a, uh, a big part, a big ideological factor in the case, then, you know, uh, you'll, you maybe will break even uh, or you'll be okay, but never really reach the pinnacle of what you really want to do as a soul in this life, which is to achieve soul fulfillment, uh, to be who you are, to learn what you need to learn. Uh, and I heard somebody say that this this life is a classroom, not a courtroom. You're not here to be judged, but to learn. <laughs> and uh, And basically, the, when this life ends, you make your transition to the next world, to the spirit world uh, with, with complete whole, um, fullness and presence of being rather than some chaotic state, you just land like a, through a chute in the next world. And you have to reorganize as a soul there as well. So, uh, clearly part of what I do is this focus on uh, the soul, you know, and connecting with your soul and operating from that aspect of your self structure that never loses contact with who you've been, uh, through all the, uh, all the entire cycle of birth, death and rebirth.
0: I can't wait to know your answer to, to this question. If you can only do one thing to improve healthcare in the US, what would it be and why?
1: Yeah, to improve healthcare in the US is to restore an understanding of health and disease, uh, which are, you know, it's no longer there. Uh, health is uh, 90 plus percent of all chronic diseases are due to lifestyle error. Um, and like I say, in this past pandemic, uh it was well known after time that the vast majority of people going into hospitals were obese. Uh but there was never word of, hey, you know, uh maybe for every five pounds you lose, your uh reduction of your risk factor is gonna be such and such a percent. There was never any look at that. Uh maybe we should well, stop eating sugar, about, all those things that Yeah, feed we're not allowed to talk germs. about obesity. Yeah, maybe we should build the <laughs> innate immune system rather than suppressing the innate immune system. Maybe we should allow an, an open discourse uh, with other uh, doctors who really know a lot. And we're actually uh, quoting chapter and verse from prestigious medical journals, peer-reviewed articles, uh, not disseminating disinformation, but actually telling the truth based upon actual studies done by somebody other than the CDC and by the companies that profit by the things that they're putting out there. But uh, I will just yeah. say, say this, you know, in terms of one of the most basic, aside from the, the understandings I've tried to provide so far, one of the most basic understandings of the true nature of chronic diseases of all kinds, including cancer, is that disease is all in, in chronic diseases almost invariably, in some cases not, there are some genetic diseases that you can't do much about in terms of their development, uh, but are almost invariably the interface of two factors. Autotoxicity and innervation, Autotoxicity being that the person has self poisoned over time by what they have eaten, how they have maldigested the uh, various chemicals they've exposed themselves to through breathing, uh, through the things they put on their skin, uh, the toxic things they do themselves every day. For instance, one of my uh, things that I mention often uh, that very few people ever discuss, and I don't understand why they don't because it's such a major factor, Uh, are the um, fragrance detergents and uh, fabric softeners. These things are highly destructive uh, to to health. And uh, basic, I won't go into the whole details of how and so forth, but I will say this, is that scent is perceived by the hypothalamus. The hypothalamus is part of your, your brain. And the hypothalamus signals is the first part of the neuroendocrine system, is where the nervous system connects with the endocrine system and tells the pituitary what to do the pituitary tells, tells the thyroid, the adrenals, and so on. So your whole hormonal system uh, is based upon the health of the hypothalamus. So as you're breathing in these synthetic chemicals, they go to your, uh, to your hypothalamus. And not only that, but it's part of your, of your, uh, your midbrain, the part of your brain, uh, the limbic system, what controls your emotions. You're trying to balance your emotions all day and keep yourself in, a neuro- in neuroendocrine stability while at the same time as you're breathing in these, these chemicals all day long. And in all the cases of childhood asthma that I was ever asked to consult upon, the first thing I always asked was, are you washing their bed clothes, you know, the sheets and the, you know, pajamas and the pillowcases in uh, scented detergent and fabric? So, oh, yes, yes, we are. So uh, I would have them throw out all the bed sheets and all the rest of this. You can't get rid of it. Once you wash it, there's no cleaning it up. Uh, New pajamas and so forth. And the asthma in many cases with that and some dietary change. Uh, we'd get better almost immediately. So uh, the things you breathe in, the, the cosmetics you put on, all those toxicity gives you autotoxemia. The drugs you take, so many people take five, seven, nine prescriptions, uh, all of which have uh, toxic yeah. side effects and interact with each other and creating even more toxic side effects. Uh, that is autotoxemia. The other thing is innervation. You have a life force which keeps you alive, a nerve force which animates the body. And if you use it up, if you burn the candle at both ends, if you don't take care of yourself, if you drink six, seven, eight, ten cups of coffee a day and burn up your energy, you're gonna become enervated. A deficiency of life force, a deficiency of nerve force. The lower your nerve force becomes, the more toxemic you become because you have less ability to remove the toxins. The more toxemic you or autotoxemic you can become, the more enervated you become because it takes more work to keep up with that total toxic load. So the only way really to get well is to reduce the toxicity and to, to build up the life force. And if you do that, then you can work your way back, the long road back to health. If you don't, it's going to be a struggle. And you maybe you'll get lucky and you'll get sort of okay. But if you really want true wellness, it's just a hard road. It's that hero's journey uh, back to health. You've got to go through the ordeal. You've got to learn something. And once you come to that understanding, as Joseph Campbell said, then you can return with the elixir and help other people understand as well.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love that you refer to Joseph Campbell. All right, Dr. Bruce, are you ready for the Thriver rapid fire questions? Go ahead. Beach, desert or mountains?
1: Which one do I prefer? Yes. Well, Mm -hmm. it's it's definitely going to be the beach uh, because with the beach, uh, you can do hydrotherapies on the beach. You can learn how to use the water not just go in and swim around, but you can learn how to use it to treat, uh, like if you have gut problems, uh, for instance, I'll give you a quick example. If you have gut problems, uh, then you can dig a hole in the wet sand close to the shore at, at, you know where the, the, the breakers are coming in and you sit down inside there. And if it's a private beach, you can take your bathing suit down and you just let the water come in and go out and you can do a therapy. Both the cold water from the ocean, the salt water, will draw toxins away, and also the percussion uh, will uh, stimulate the nerves of that area. Another example would be if you have varicose veins. Uh, you can go from walking calf deep in the water to walking on the hot sand, then walking calf deep in the water and walking on the hot sand. You could also do breathing exercises on the beach and do deep breathing, which is one of the things I specialize in and teach. Another thing you can do is the sunbathing. Sun is one of the most healing things. And the idea that you should avoid the sun because it causes skin cancer is insane because everything on, on the planet needs the sun to survive. If the sun went out for even one day, everything on earth would die. It's a matter of just do it judiciously. Know when you should right, and exactly. when you should <laughs> and how much you should do and protect yourself. Don't slather yourself up with toxic uh, sun blocks that some of baby them are carcinogenic. Yeah, you know, it's. So, yeah, I would take the beach. So that's it for that particular question.
0: (laughs) Yeah, A warm beach. Uh, Beach Boys, Beatles, or Rolling Stones?
1: Uh, I would have to say out of those three, I'm a really old-fashioned type of uh, guy. Uh, I would go for the Beatles because uh, the Beatles of those three uh, were probably, uh, especially uh, McCartney, we're one of the last songwriters who knew how to write melody. Uh, You don't hear melody anymore, and everything now is the beat, the beat, the beat. And uh, there's no rhythm. There's no rhythmicity, whereas the classic music of uh, Cole Porter and Irving Berlin and and Gershwin of the 30s and 40s, it's all melody. It was all about melody. And melody uh, makes your heart more melodious. It makes you more melodious. Uh, It's part of the human soul, the feeling part of your soul. Whereas the beat is all about the animal component of the soul. The the Beach Mm, Boys were okay along those lines, but the real melody, McCartney, if you listen to a lot of their songs, there's some beautiful melodies. The Stones, back in the day when I was a young guy, sure. Uh, But now, no, I'm not watching them on YouTube, that's for sure.
0: (laughs) What is one word that best describes you? Uh,
1: I would say uh, the best word is um, I'm eclectic. Uh, I'm open to learning from anyone if they can teach me something that will build onto my knowledge base. Uh, I look um, very hard at those who came before me, the masters of old, before things became corrupted and there became this established narrative that there's only one way to heal. Uh, before the medical establishment took over in the early 20th century and all the homeopathic hospitals were closed down and everything uh, became regulated that has to be done in their way, uh, look to the ancients look to tradition look to the to how how healing is actually done using the elements of the natural world so I would say I'm both a traditionalist but I'm eclectic and open to learning at all times so that I can always build and grow
0: Before you die what is the last song you want to hear?
1: last song I want to hear before I die let's see um, how about good night sweetheart? that was uh a song i'm really dating myself here uh that's
0: oh i know i love that song you do
1: yeah because uh you know i've been lucky i've been married for 45 years and uh that's uh this i've been the salvation my life because as most young men you could be a little bit on the wild side and you need somebody who can really uh, teach you how to to be who you need to be and so uh, if it wasn't for my wife uh, I wouldn't be what I what I am now. And so I'm hoping that that's what I'm going to be hearing uh, on my way out.
0: How about the last meal you want to eat?
1: Last meal? If I was to eat a last meal, I would say would have to be uh, my favorite food. And this is going to disappoint a lot of people. My favorite food are apples. I just love apples. And uh, it's, a, apple? it's a health-giving food. Apples. And uh, I wouldn't mind uh, one last good Fuji or Cosmic Crisp or something, as long as it's fresh and sweet.
0: What about the last person or people you want to see?
1: Well, it's definitely going to be my wife, no question about that. And then, uh, as I'm transitioning, uh, I want to, you know, have that that those deathbed visions as I'm transitioning. That I'm already beginning to see uh, the group that's welcoming me, uh, because you know, in life, I teach my own students as as you're doing really deep practice with the oils. I also use gemstone essences. Uh, you can feel guidance from spirit. You can feel there really is. It's just like they're in another room. You just uh, you can access them through your own spirit. And I know that uh, they're going to be waiting for me as well. So I want to see my wife. But then I, I, I will also want to see uh, the welcoming committee as, I, as I'm moving.
0: What about the last words you'll speak?
1: The last words I'll speak is um, maybe I'll uh, uh, go to the last words. Uh, if I don't have my own, I'll go to the last words that Goethe, uh, reportedly said when he died and that was more light. And that's what I think, uh, is Uh, what I'm hoping to see.
0: And aside from cancer, you, what's a resource that you would recommend for cancer patients and caregivers? And I know you retired from one thing, but if people want to work with you in some way, how can they get in touch with you?
1: Uh, you can go to my website, uh, naturalhealthscience.com. There is a membership program, by the way. I teach, and so you can learn okay. from me. I just—it's uh, just not about you know private. Let me take on your case type of thing, but uh, it's right. a mixture of the natural health science system, which is a lot of what you heard today, as well as my spiritual thing, where we develop blends and people learn how to blend and they make their own blends and they use them. And, and the newest blend that we did that I just formulated. All the members are now going to be start blending, and I give you a precise because we blend in layers. I give you a precise blueprint, layer by layer, of every how many drops of each oil to create this is called the uh, Spiritified Western Sync Brain Circulation Blend, and this is to uh, be diffused into the air, not only to help with cognitive function on a daily basis, uh, but to help those people who are uh, experiencing cognitive decline, uh, and uh, to be part of a protocol uh, for those in uh, to right. maybe stop that slide in conjunction with other things, which we haven't spoke about that, but which nutrients would you use uh, to prevent cognitive decline and so forth. So you would learn how to blend, you'd learn how to use gemstone essence, but at the same time you learn about uh, heart and cholesterol and what's wrong with statin drugs and uh, what do you do for this and what do you do for that and how do you go about it? What do I do about my poor stomach digestion? How can I rebuild my stomach? So you can go up and you just click on um, membership and it gives you all the details very inexpensive given all that you get from me. It's $99 a year uh, to get all this instruction. And I'm, I, I'm telling you, it is a lot of instruction, uh, including two classes a month. Uh, but there's all kinds of things. I will be teaching Chi Kung, uh, my style of Chi Kung. I started practicing martial arts uh, about 45, 50 years ago. And I learned Chi Kung at that time. And I've been doing Chi Kung ever since, which I feel is perhaps the most uh, useful exercise system for anybody who wants to achieve wellness. So I will be demonstrating one to two exercises every month for the members on video. So you'd have a full routine, Qi nice. routine by the end of the year. So there's a lot that comes with it. There's uh, recordings of every class. You can view it. If you don't come to the classes, you can view them. Um, there's all the information I provide uh, and access to some things that I do and some of the things that I make.
0: Well, Dr. Bruce, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your expertise.
1: It was a pleasure being here. Thank you so much. And uh, hopefully uh, hopefully, people have learned something today and, um, you know, they'll get something out of all of this.
0: Oh, gosh. I- I'm sure they will. Thank you for listening to the Cancer Youth Rivers podcast. If you like our podcast, give us a five-star rating and review and tell your friends about us subscribe on Apple Podcast, Amazon Music, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you're listening right now. If you want to share your cancer journey with the world and be a guest on our podcast, go to our website, cancer.university. That's cancer.university and hit the contact button or click the contact link in the show notes. You've been listening to the Cancer Youth Drivers podcast. Real people, true stories.